Welcome to Home, Space and Reason, a podcast about creating a home that thrives. Hi there, I'm Christina Browning, your host. If you feel like your household frustrations are stealing away your life hour by hour, I discuss home functionality, aesthetics, and automation. With a bit of history and psychology, this isn't your typical house podcast. I'm a realtor in Portland, Oregon, and a home functionality coach everywhere. I geek out on various subjects regarding your home and yard, challenging you to think of your space differently to get the most out of every square foot. I pose questions for you to think through about your space and your reason. This podcast is all positive, making adulting easier one podcast at a time. Remember, there's no such thing as perfect, but you can still aim for your best every day. In this episode, let's discuss aesthetics and psychology behind the choice in your dinner plates and bowls. I recently received a text from a dear friend of mine that read, What are your thoughts on brightly colored dishes? I found some online that I absolutely love but I don't want to be stuck with something that might not go great in our house in the long run. I like the plates and bowls so much that I might consider planning a room around them though. To which my answer was, there is actually a lot of psychology behind this and I should do a whole episode just on this question. So here we are. When I looked on Pinterest under the category of Michelin star plating, not surprisingly, all of the images that came up were either on white or black plates, leaving the business of dazzling you and your taste buds up to the food. I tried this search again using the words food plating, and again, white and black plates dominated the screen. As a lifelong photographer myself, one of my most favorite areas of work was culinary photography, and when photographing in restaurants, the star of the show had to be the food itself, with ambiance coming in as a close second. After all, why do we go there in the first place? To indulge in wonderful food that you yourself don't have to cook, and to be embraced in an environment that allows you to linger and enjoy good company. The same holds true in your home. According to an article by NPR, which I will cite in the podcast notes, Charles Spence is an experimental psychologist at Oxford University who has dedicated his career to studying how our environment affects the way we experience food and drink. He has found, for example, that the weight and color of our utensils can affect how sweet or salty a food tastes. And people tend to enjoy the same dish more when it has a longer, more descriptive name. In The Perfect Meal, The Multisensory Science of Food and Dining, Spence and psychologist Bedding Piqueras Fisman in the Netherlands explore how even the most minute adjustments can enhance the dining experience. 
The perfect meal means something different to everyone, Spence says, but there are commonalities and the quest of looking for the perfect meal leads to a lot of interesting research. As any good chef will tell you, how the food is arranged on a plate makes a big difference. When the plating is artistic, people tend to enjoy the food more than if the same ingredients were just dumped on the plate. Spence and his colleagues found that people enjoyed salad more when it was plated to resemble a Kandinsky painting. The shape and color of the dinnerware can affect taste as well. In general, round white plates tend to enhance sweet flavors in food, whereas black angular plates tend to bring out more savory flavors, and serving food on a red plate tends to reduce the amount diners eat. Why? We know that if we change the actual color of the food or drink, it can change the taste and flavor, he says. For example, dye a glass of Sauvignon Blanc red, and your brain may trick you into thinking it tastes more like a Merlot. The same food can look different when it's placed on different color plates, Spence says, and flavor our perception. I enjoyed this article because it touches on how much other stuff comes into play subliminally. The tasting table seems to concur, stating, unobtrusive white won't clash with food or sauce and shifts the focus to the plating itself. But at an increasing number of restaurants, character rules when it comes to your dinner plate. More restaurants are opting for plates, platters, and cups with a handmade look. The difference isn't just in shape or hue, but also in texture and form. Instead of glossy perfection, these plates have a little more character. At Lilia in Williamsburg, the acclaimed Italian restaurant from chef Missy Robbins, you'll find matte plates in shades of ivory and white. The plates have a defined lip similar to a tray, a flourish that creates a dimensional frame that turns a meal into a composition. That lip also often reveals a muted brown hue that echoes the natural hues of the restaurant's seafood, meat, or hearth-baked bread. These details bring out the beauty of the food rather than relying on the blank canvas of a standard white plate. Here's a fun exercise. Jump on Instagram and do a search for the hashtag food plating. From there, you can quickly gauge what food looks good to your eye and what doesn't and see if there's a commonality in what you observe. What do the plates and bowls look like in these images? What color are they? Michael Welch is the executive chef at Backyard Kitchen and Tap in Pacific Beach, California. I read an article on top chefs sharing their 10 food plating and presentation tips, and he explained that using the right plate size, color, and style matters because the plate serves as the canvas for your food. He says typically chefs will stay away from blue plates as there aren't any natural blue foods, and this is thought to be an unappetizing color, he said. If you have food with a lot of vibrant color, it might stand out better on a white plate. I've always said when in doubt, keep it simple. A plate with a bunch of decoration or design won't get seen anyways once there's food on it. So despite looking 
cute in the store, you have to imagine what it will look like on the table with food on it. And then you won't just have a plate on the table. You'll add in silverware and the napkin and the glassware. And the table can become a cluttered mess if you're throwing too many colors in and too much stuff all at once onto the tabletop. The point is here, the food should be the star of the show. If you happen to know someone in the market to buy or sell in the greater metro Portland, Oregon area, kindly send them my way. The finest compliment I could ever receive is the confidence of your referral. In my 20s, I made the mistake of buying my first set of plates that were literally called Attitude, and they had it. Colors and shapes. On the shelf, they were cute. With food, they were distracting. I learned my lesson, and after enough had broken over the years that it warranted replacements, I bought white. Right now, in my crock pot, I've got some homemade split pea soup simmering, and I'll be ladling that yellowish-green thick soup into a nice wide white bowl and tossing a few red and orange pepper slices on it. I've never regretted the choice of buying plain white dishes. Mine have a little curve on the edges, making them more like sheets of paper lying curled to give the presentation a bit of depth. Rachel Farnsworth is known online as the stay-at-home chef, bringing you restaurant-quality recipes that you can make at home. When I bounced around her blog and perused her YouTube channel, guess what? All the food was on some sort of white vessel, a plate, a bowl, a platter. Follow her on Instagram at the stay at home chef. And now grab a pen and paper. It's time for the questions to ask yourself about your home space and your reason. Question number one, what size cupboards or shelving do I have? for dishes. In an article on thekitchen.com, likely Laura says, you may love the look of those big, beautiful plates, but you won't love them so much when you can't close your cabinet doors. Consider your space and storage restrictions before buying anything. Just make sure you get dinner plates that fit into normal cabinets, assuming you have normal cabinets. I loved our Pottery Barn dishes, and they're super durable, but the dinner plates are exactly 12 inches in diameter. Most upper cabinets seem to be 12 inches deep, but that's from the front to the wall, not the inside of the cabinet space. Wendy A. explained, I had to return a set of Martha Stewart dishes because the dinner plates were too tall to fit in my standard dishwasher. The fan would smack the top of the plate. A lot of today's plates are just huge. For those watching portion sizes, a smaller plate can really help. The bigger the plate, even if you fill it halfway full, you'll still be eating more than if you fill a smaller plate halfway full. So pay attention to your proportions here. Question number two, what do I really need and use? You don't have to buy a giant set if you don't want to. What we use are dinner plates and bowls every single day. 
Especially if you have a smaller footprint for storing dishes, don't buy a whole set. Buy just the things that you use. You can buy open stock choices that are sold by the piece instead of by the set, which allows you far more flexibility and less wastefulness. Question number three, what is my budget? And this is kind of a trick question, because if you plan to live with these dishes for years, which I hope you do, don't skimp on quality. My sister-in-law kind of balked at the price tag of the dishes she fell in love with, and so she bought some others instead that were cheaper, and then she hated them. I told her to rebox them and take them back. Spending a little more to get exactly what you want, even if you have to do it a bit at a time, is so worth it. You will eat on these every single day. You will enjoy your meals more. Relish in the small things, like simply loving the plates you chose for years to come. Next, I want to mention that there are an immense variety of white dishes, just like white paint. All white is not created equal and will have undertones, so you can't necessarily mix and match. Unless you're matching it with your eyeballs in person, don't assume the white plates you already own will go with the white bowls you see a photo of online. I found an article in the Washington Post called The Best White Dishes According to Tastemakers, and I'll include it in the podcast notes. If, after all of this, your eyebrow is raised and your arms are crossed, giving me the hard pass on the concept of white dishes, I would say next to consider the entrees that you make the most and go opposite on the color wheel since it will be the most complementary color to what you serve often. So a large salad would look wonderful on a red plate because green is opposite red on the color wheel. I have often said to refer to the color wheel when thinking of your home, and it holds true here too. If you have an Amazon Echo, you can say, play the Home Space and Reason podcast by Apple and easily listen to this podcast on any Echo or Dot. To those people who've taken the time to leave a review, thank you so much. Because these reviews give people confidence to give this podcast a listen for the first time. I appreciate you, friends. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do. I'm not always able to release the next episode on the same day of the week. My family and my real estate and home functionality clients come first. So when you subscribe, the episodes will automatically download as soon as I release them, giving you one less thing you need to remember to do. Lee Iacocca said, in times of great stress or adversity, it's always best to keep busy, to plow your anger and energy into something positive. So focusing on taking baby steps and making your home more functional and enjoyable is something you can proactively do for yourself and your family. I'll be right here rooting for you. If you're enjoying geeking out with me on home functionality and you'd like more, sign up for my email newsletter, Little Bits of Home Functionality. It comes just once a week and is intentionally short. You'll see one video with a tip or a trick. And as always, I pose questions for you to think through about your space and your reasons. 
find the link in the show notes to subscribe. Remember, if you need to listen to an episode a second or third time, do it. I often hear things I didn't catch the first or second time around in my favorite audiobooks, so there's no harm in that. If you want to learn more about working with me, check out my website, spaceandreason.com. Thanks for sitting in on this conversation about creating a home that thrives. I'll meet you back here for the next episode. (laughs) 